0: Hey, James. Ben, how are you? Good. Uh, you're alive. Just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so before, before we say why you may or may not be alive, although you hinted at it on Twitter, um, I actually already thought of a title for our episode. Um, really? Yes. Uh, it's Naked People.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, there we go. Naked People. That's, yes. that's Given where it, I've been, that is appropriate.
0: Well, no, no. Well, obviously, um, I think we should, you know, I think we'll probably touch on the, the, uh, theft of celebrity photos and Apple and the implications oh, wow. there. Um, yeah, that happened. Well, you were gone at... Um, and how, how might this title also apply to you? I was at Burning Man for the past week. And
1: if if the title is or is not appropriate, you don't need to give us details. <laughs> um. Uh, so, I no, what the hell? Yes, there was nudity involved. I... Like, <laughs> The idea that I would Im- indulge in public nudity before going to a place like this seems absolutely ridiculous, but everybody else did it, and I'm like, well, you know, like this place is all about saying yes, so yes, that happened. So, um, no, so I, actually, I, I think it's I think it's
0: interesting. I'm obviously every year there's stories about it, and there's the oh, you know, all the rich people are ruining it, or oh, to go there you need to understand tech, blah blah blah. Um, I've never been. Um, I think this was your first time, so. I personally would love to hear what it was like, what the experience was like, and i, I presume our listeners would as well.
1: Sure. Um, so, I guess the headline would be it was the most intense week of my life. Um, it feels like you—if you take an entire year's worth of experiences and you compact it down into a week—that gives you some sense of what it's like. Um, it, and that—that that goes for highs as well as lows. I mean, to give you some—to give you some sense of of how this place can break you. Uh, we left San Francisco. I went with a few friends. We left San Francisco 8.30 in the morning on Sunday. Uh, we got about 20 miles from the front gate, and traffic had slowed to a crawl at this point. It took us five hours to get the last 20 miles. So we got there about midnight, and one of my friends had uh, tickets at Will Call that we had to pick up. That was another five-hour wait. So it's now 5 a.m. in the morning, and I'm... Uh, like I'm starting to get a bit tired. It's like almost been twenty-four hours I've been up. Takes us an hour to find our camp. And then okay. Wait, wait. I thought this, I thought it was like rained out or something. So we beat the rain by an hour. Um uh, but but this meant that I, I was like, okay, I'm ready to sleep now and I start putting up this tent. And it rains in a way that I have never seen it rain before, there is sheet lightning coming down. And, they they and
0: call it biblical rain. Is that correct? It,
1: it felt like biblical rain. It felt like it, I was. I didn't need a tent. I needed a boat. I needed an ark. Um, the the <laughs> dust the dust and the mud is insane. Uh, it turns into this very very thick mud, and it's like clay attached to your boots. And I'm trying to put up a tent, and I'm I'm just I. I, I it breaks me right at the start. I'm like, what the hell am I doing here right now? Um, eventually, uh, we put the tent under a shade structure, semi assembled, find a warm and dry place to crawl up in a ball and get a few hours sleep. But the whole thing, I tell you, um, I mean, <laughs> the, uh, Burning Man has a bit of a reputation for, you know, like raves and rave and drugs and whatever. And I'm sure. I, I am sure that if that's what you want to get out of it, that's absolutely what you can get. Um, there, I mean, there is a big police presence. It's not like people are handing out drugs or anything like that. But there was no doubt in my mind that there were people there on drugs. And there's some amazing music. Like one of my favorite DJs, Above and Beyond, played there. And it was a fantastic night. But there's just so much more to it than that. Um, I think the thing that I liked most about it, and and to me it felt like... A place I, I've never been in a place where it's so easy to develop intimacy with complete strangers in such a short period of time. You can walk up to a complete stranger and be having a very vulnerable and open conversation with with someone you have just met, talking about things that it would normally take you weeks or months to get to the point where you'd be comfortable talking about. You can be doing that within 60 seconds. And you can do it to pretty much anyone. And everyone's smiling and Kind of, yeah, it, it it just it's it's really um, a remarkable place in that so many of the assumptions um, around which we live our lives in society they're challenged and they're thrown out and you you go in there and the first twenty four hours all you can do is just you're you're, you're overwhelmed your mind is blown uh, particularly at night just sitting out and looking at the spectacle of it all all the lights the sound. It's just so overwhelming, but but the the ability to just form real human connections there—at least for me—that was that was the thing that I enjoyed about it the most.
0: Um, so I'm trying to decide if I want to go snark here or uh, or curious. Um, because I curious,
1: mean, and then before well, you go snark,
0: well, well, I, like, I mean, because like obviously the the I think reaction of anyone that hears you talking like this, uh, is is to be um it is to be a little snarky and be like, Oh, that sounds nice. Um, you know, to not, to not take what you're saying seriously. Uh, on the other hand, uh, I think it is interesting to hear you talk like this and remember, um, what was it? Elon Musk said, you know, you can't understand tech unless you've gone to, gone to Burning Man. And I, I, what I get from you is that what he meant by that is you can't understand the sort of, uh, idealistic streak, uh, quote unquote, change the
1: world sort of streak, uh, is that is that what he was referring to? No, I don't think so. I, I I think what happens is this is a place that that it's it, in some senses it's almost like holding up a mirror. So you go there and you get the experience you kind of deserve. And he he's obviously fully into tech and he's going to hang around a whole lot of tech people and he's going to get quote unquote exposed to lots of tech people. I went there more with a view to like. I mean, and some people will go there for the, for the, like, like you hear about for the drugs and the partying. I went there more with a view of like self-discovery and that was, that was the, that was the mirror that get, that was held up. It's, it's just this amazing place in that the experience, the experience you have is very much a function of who you are and how you behave and the decisions you make. And it's, 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 it, it, yeah there's just nothing quite like it so i mean it's not it, now, now a little
0: snarky it sounds very mm. uh utopian-esque uh you know like i mean i don't know there's this article uh in the guardian yesterday from grover Nor- norquist kind of like the tax crusader uh yeah it called him a conservative goes a burning man but he's he's no conservative like he's much more libertarian right um and uh And this distinction, actually, for non-American listeners, uh, at least in the U.S. politics, it's super important to understand. There's two branches of the Republican Party. One is the conservative, which is more like they're conservative about everything, whether it be fiscal policy, whether it be social policy. Um, And then there's libertarians, which are more like no government, anti-government. And I think that strain is a lot stronger in the U.S. than it is in a lot of other countries. Um, and Grover Norquist is certainly a part of that. So he's been very vocal about being uh, on social issues. He's much more on, on the quote unquote left side of the ledger, but on fiscal issues, he's way to the right. So anyhow, that aside, uh, he went to Burning Man and, um, quite frankly, sounded a lot like you, uh, very effusive, um, talking about how amazing it was, how freedom, like this is awesome. Uh, you know, and very much, I think his, his idea was holding it up as some sort of, model for the way
1: we ought to live oh no I, I mean I I'm I, I think he and I would would like split ways at that point I I I mean I think Norquist is probably I mean the man has a hammer and everything looks like a nail I, I'm I, I don't think that this is a model for society I think what was really interesting to, to my mind is um, how it it the experience challenged a whole lot of assumptions around how we behave uh, between each other culturally. So there there are cultural norms that are built up around um, Burning Man. Like there are a whole set of principles. So one of them is called matter out of place. You have to clean up after yourself and it's culturally enforced. And when you have a whole lot of people that are bought into like cultural principles like that, it works. But, from a societal perspective, to try and roll that out across a country of three hundred million or or less than that, I just think is ridiculous. And similarly, from a resource allocation perspective, you know, uh, I'm 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 it it's really cool to go to a place where everything's gifted. For example, uh, there's no money. The, well, there is money. You can only buy two things. You can buy coffee and you can buy ice. Um, but you, th- there's, no, again, no doubt, and this harks back to our Uber conversation, right, that, you know, th- there are things that are super popular and as a result of that there are really long lines and, and things run out pretty frequently and sometimes camps are open and sometimes camps are closed. Uh, uh, as a As a broader organising principle for an economy, I'm not convinced. As an experience, in order to challenge you around how you think about the reasons why we behave the way we do in terms of society, it, it was absolutely phenomenal. And one other thing I want to add, the art is just amazing. Like it just it blew my mind how much work people put into some of this artwork. Um, and it's a lot of it's interactive where you can climb, climb it, go into it. Um, uh, just just the, the art literally blew my mind. It was amazing. Literally blew your mind. Well, yeah, no, okay. I, that's in fact, you know what? And it really annoys me how much people are misusing that term. The art blew my mind. Thank you for pulling <laughs> me up on that. Uh, so I just want to. So just just to kind of sum it all
0: up, you mm. you went to Burning Man and came away an even stronger believer in surge
1: pricing. Uh, fr- from a yes, actually, I, I from a from a from a. Economic point of view, absolutely, from it's 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 the cultural side of it that really um that I found most fascinating. Like I mean, so for example, there's a camp called Midnight Poutine, which I think is friggin' amazing because you go out dancing or whatever one night and you come back and you're kind of hungry. And there's this camp set up by these Quebecois where they they're basically handing out poutine in the middle of the night and like with everything you basically don't have to pay but the queues are ridiculous and they run out like they often run out. So there's no no doubt again in my mind that in terms of efficiently allocating resources price is still the best mechanism. Like I I don't think you could scale what what is represented there across a the society for a week um, with seventy thousand people, with a whole bunch of um, folks all bought into certain principles, and with enough food and whatever, recognizing that things are going to be a little unusual, it works great. But as a as a scaling mechanism, as a scaled economic mechanism, it made no sense. But it was the cultural side of it. It was um, it was it, so much of the entire environment is designed to um, uh, like. to to promote intimacy in a way that you just don't get. I mean, people smile at each other. Hugging people is just considered entirely normal. And just to preface this, I went in there. I'd never really wanted to go before. And something this year kind of clicked. Some people at work said, oh, we're going. And one thing led to another and it all happened. And I walked in there pretty skeptical about the whole thing and I, I don't know. I I I feel I feel like I've been changed by it, and changed in a really positive way. Um, I learn a lot about myself, like going out into the desert and into that harsh environment, and having r- really raw conversations with people about stuff that matters. I I, f- I feel like it's changed me, and I feel like it's changed me for the better. I mean, it maybe it's be
0: it's deeply personal. You don't want, you don't want to get into it with you know, uh, ten thousand people, but I mean, hmm. like what 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 can you articulate how it changed you or is it just enough to say that it changed you?
1: Yeah. I mean, it. so, so for example, um, <laughs> I, I confess that they confessed. I, I, I mentioned to you like that, I, like there was nudity involved at one stage for me and to, <laughs> but bef- right, right. Making now, people. now, Naked people, but I was one of the naked people, right? And I would not have felt comfortable saying that in front of you and in front of 10,000 people before um, before I went there. But it just makes you realize how much you put up your guard around things and how much um, – this, so this is one example, how, how much you um, – like you refrain from being honest for fear of being judged but you are in this environment where judgment is suspended to the point that you're much more comfortable being who you are and that you realize that uh, that being honest with people everyone fundamentally wants to be honest no one wants to put up this facade and pretend and it causes stress and it makes you unhappy and you you start worrying about the wrong things you start focusing on what people think about you That was one of the takeaways for me, but just, I don't know, being out in the desert, being out in a, in a, a really harsh environment like that with people having these conversations, you begin to, like, it's just a, it's a fantastic space to reflect on, on what really matters in life and, and really what doesn't and I've again so being honest and vulnerable I think is like one of those things but also it reinforces the importance of human relationships the relate I mean it's and it's easy to forget that in living and working in you know like out in the world today but you recognize that that's more than anything else that's the source of so much happiness and you know there are certain you've you've it's easy to say that, but you have to behave in a manner consistent with that. Those would be, there are a bunch of, there are a bunch of other things, but like those would be two things that I think people could relate to based on my experience there. And I would say to folks, if they're thinking about going, um, if they're curious about it, make sure you prepare, but I, I would absolutely encourage you to go. And Yes, you everything you hear about like the the drugs and the rave like there is an element of truth to that, but it's there's so much more to that experience than just that. And if you're curious to find out more, if you're curious to have your assumptions challenged around the way that we live in society today, it's a it's just there's no place on the planet like it.
0: I, and, I actually thought Norquist made that point very well. He said uh You hear that Burning Man is full of less than fully clad folks and off label pharmaceuticals, but that's like saying Bohemian Grove is about peeing on trees or that Chicago is Al Capone territory.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's just, there's, I mean, you, you, people, you get the headlines when you hear about it, like you hear the most extreme stories. But again, um, it's just, there's just so much to it. The scale is unfathomable and the, the way in which people behave and, It's just it just challenges you on so many levels, and I found it incredibly valuable. And um, if I can find a way, I'd love to go back again. Well, I mean, there's tons of segues here, but I mean, I I just wanted—I—I thought
0: your your point that you just made about what you how it changed you was actually very compelling. And um, one, I appreciate you sharing. Two, you have about thirty-six hours to uh, tell me to edit it out if you want.
1: (laughs) No, there will be no editing out. Like, let let me give you an even more funny anecdote. I'm going to double down. One of the camps is called Carcass Car Wash, and basically, the so showers, the the dust and the heat. So it's impossible to describe the. The, how insidious the dust is in this place. Like you hear about the dust storms, it gets in everything. It's super alkaline. If you walk around without shoes on, your skin starts burning. It's, it's really, really nasty. It's super fine. It sticks to everything. It's nasty stuff. Showers are pretty rare commodities, but there are a couple of camps that are set up dedicated just to like washing people off. And it's not like a, a, a traditional, like you get in a shower cubicle. There's one called Carcass Car Wash, which I went to, which was pretty funny. And basically everybody, uh, and it's, it's like it's both genders, everybody strips off Um, You get into cattle pens, they fire you down with soap and then like from above, they fire you down with soap and they scrub you and then they fire cold water on you. And all the while, this is like, there's dance music playing and everyone's dancing and getting clean. Like, it's just like, can you, there is no way, there is no way I would do anything like that regularly. But it's just an environment in which you feel comfortable doing stuff like that. It was, And it was just lots of fun.
0: Well, you're in it. You're in it now. Um, I'm no, in it now. Well, I, I, that,
1: but I, what I what I appreciate with
0: you sharing that is, um, you know, to, to, that is life changing to
1: to kind of just not care, right? Um, right. Like the, the, there's so much judgment out there, and it it causes you to do things. It causes you to behave in a way that's not consistent with who you are, and in, and fundamentally in a way that doesn't make you happy. And I kind of like had this realization that the truth sets you free, you know, like just, just be, and all right, another more deeply personal thing, like I, a lot of people write notes and stuff and put them in the temple or put them on the man and it, and it burns, they burn both of them. They burn the man on Saturday and then the temple on Sunday. And I'm like you know what like one of the big things for me and I wrote a note to this effect is like I'm I'm always as a result of this I am gonna be true to who I am and like that was the thing that was like one of the big takeaways for me well uh it sounds
0: like um it will be fascinating to see I mean, it would be it'd be interesting to, to almost like revisit this in like three months
1: and yeah I and hope it sticks yeah I really do
0: because no, I mean it's uh It's funny. I've had I've had a couple occasions in my life where there's been a very sort of abrupt sort of happening. Mm. And uh, and when it happened, you're like, well, is this going to stick? But uh, other but the times it's happened, it's like it's been so deep and so meaningful that it does stick and you look back and yeah, it totally stuck. Um, I mean, you're never like you always kind of revert and regress, but your your kind of anchor is in a new spot. Yeah. And, um, no, it would actually, we, we should mark this down. It'd be interesting to, to come back to it um, Totally. and just, just, just see it. And who knows, maybe, maybe, maybe
1: you'll end up, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of some like absurd profession that you'll switch. I'm, to. Uh, I'm going to be wandering around San Francisco with no <laughs> clothes on. That's what you're about to say, right? No, no. I'm probably not going to be doing that. No. And I get your, I get
0: your point, um, about, you, uh, well, it's, it, it's fascinating. I think the, um, you know, Segue a, a little bit, but I think your point about uh, it works there because of the super strong cultural norms. Like, yeah, the, the cultural norms are uh, like they police in place of laws and regulations and all that sort of stuff. Um, because, like, like the whole garbage thing, right? Like, y- you will be scorned
1: if you leave garbage. Oh, totally, and it works. Like, I didn't see a scrap of litter the entire time. Um, it, people. People will – will go, so the, the city itself is reasonably big, but there's a whole surrounding area that's fenced off called the Playa, which is the desert. And the deep Playa is when you go way out there. And the, people go out there for its own sake. But there's, there's artists that put amazing art installations out there. And occasionally people take trucks out there. And you, <laughs> I had this moment. It was amazing. I was with a few friends. We were in a dust storm and we're wandering around kind of lost – and we came across a hot dog truck, and we were starving. And we were like, "This is amazing!" Like the serendipity. Serendipity becomes a big thing because you can't just text message people, and you don't know where things are. They move around, or you are completely lost. And we came across this hot dog stand. But my, uh, my point was that uh, you know you are out in the deep plier and people will ride their bikes all the way back to to um, Black Rock City to to the the toilets because you are not you are not allowed urinate out in the desert like there are people who were like trying to find there's like a there was one one um uh art car called an oasis or a setup called an oasis which was like a bathroom out in the deep plier which everyone was trying to find because if you don't do it you have to go back Other, you know like people just like there's a strong cultural norm about not doing that out in the desert and similarly like the trash it, it's just remarkable i've never been in an environment like that, like a festival environment with so little trash, it was incredible.
0: Well, and I imagine it's the same thing with like the car wash and stuff like that, right? Any sort of um, it sounds very, you know, scandalous in a way, but I, I imagine
1: any sort of untoward behavior would just lead to like uh, ejection immediately. Totally, like it, people are so very, very conscious about it being a, a respectful and friendly environment, and I mean. You, you get 70,000 human beings anywhere. I'm sure there are exceptions, but the culture around that kind of thing like, if you saw someone harassing somebody else, like, you could just feel it. People would just descend on that person. And it, it was, it was an, it felt, I mean, again, despite the reputation of all the drugs and all the alcohol and all the dancing, I, I, never saw a fight, never felt unsafe, never spoke to anybody else who at any stage felt unsafe, Um, people would get um, like emotional for whatever reasons. Like in the outside world, your natural reaction would be to like, hmm, this person's a little bit crazy. Like I saw people in the temple or wandering around, you know, like something had happened. And that they're like crying for whatever reason. And people would come up to them and, and genuinely, are you okay? Like give them a hug. Like it's just behaving in a way that like you kind of want would, I would prefer human beings to behave regularly. And for whatever reason, we've been conditioned not to do that. But yeah, it does sound scandalous, but it was, it was, it felt like a, an incredibly respectful environment at the same time. So uh, this is kind
0: of an odd odd way to segue, but i mean my mm. my father um is uh religious um you know, and he's you know he we always have these sort of discussions about like uh you know I was back this summer, and this kind of mm. we always have this discussion it's like it, basically it's the whole like the good old days versus now, etc and uh and I always make the point and I've made the point on Twitter and I make the point lots of places that the good old days are oversold. One, we only remember the good part Two, They were only good for some people. Um, and then you take something like the internet, for example, and, uh, at a very small, small scale, there's someone like me that, you know, I can live in Taiwan and I can still have regular contact with you, with lots of people. Um, it's very liberating. Like I grew up in a town where there's no one in my, in my school that was interested in computers. I, I had very little exposure to computers at all. um, you know, and like had had i had I grown up in an earlier time, like I would who knows what I'd be doing right now? like it, it probably wouldn't be as interesting and fulfilling as what i as what I'm doing. And that's all because of the internet and because of what's been made possible right on the flip side, his argument always is is that, um, yes, that's true. I acknowledge that. and I think he's like softened on this mainly because by seeing me. But his argument is always um, – again, he comes at it more from a religious perspective, but that there, there's, there's been a loosening of, of kind of the, the, the of binds and that people uh, are way more free to, to act on their worst impulses um and that and that he regrets that that that's the case and he's not saying that's because the internet per se he's just saying you know he feels that that's changed in society like what's acceptable and what's not acceptable has changed and of course you can you can do the flip that argument like he grew up in the deep south right and he, i mean he's my dad's half japanese and he was actually told he was hawaiian most of his life um for fear of like getting beaten up at school um so i mean he like he certainly knows and we know that like there's lots of things that have changed about what's acceptable and what's not acceptable and that's a good thing. But on the flip side, his argument is that, you know, he's he's a he's a psychologist and so he talks to lots of kind of messed up people and he's like he feels there's way less support structure both in a positive way, but also in kind of a limiting way that that limits people's worst impulses. Um, And so you talk about burning man and you talk about how there's these strong cultural norms that police people. Yeah. And it, it it reminds me of these conversations because what he's kind of bemoaning is that the cultural norms that limited people that kind of filled in the cracks around the law um, are gone. And, and in his estimation that that's a bad thing. Um, And again, from my estimation that that also means freedom. That means there's more opportunities um, but it definitely is a trade-off. Yeah,
1: it absolutely is. I mean, it it, <laughs> it absolutely is. I, I this is this is a really hard. This is a hard. This is a hard one, right? Because there are some of those elements where I, I actually agree with him. I I think that there are less support structures. There are the 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 nature of. The nature of modern society—not just the internet, but modern society—like we have the greatest number of people living by themselves than ever before in lots of Western societies. And I don't think that's—I mean, I—I—I I, I don't want to take it away from people. I, free choice, I think, is fantastic, but I don't think it's healthy. I think it like people are more lonely despite all the mechanisms for uh, communication and and so on and so forth, people are more lonely now than they ever have been before. Um, and to be fair, even that experience at Burning Man, its you can walk up to people and talk to anybody that you want at any, at, at any point in time. But at, at the same time, you, you, there are moments where, you, particularly if you, you're with friends at night and you lose them, you can't just text them and find them. And it can feel like an incredibly lonely place because you look around and all these people are having this this great time. I think the difference is in that environment, you're much more willing to accept it uh, acknowledge it, whereas... Um, out here in like quote unquote the real world like to to admit that you're lonely again to like let the facade down and say that to people people are like oh that's a really weird thing to say but i i, I don't know coming back to your dad's point I, I i think he's i think in part he's right but i i i think the solution isn't to take away the freedom i think the solution is to try and find support structures that 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 help people and that also limit the way they behave i guess yeah well um,
0: that, that, i mean that's the thing i think it's less about the reason i think about it now is less about the support structure angle and more about the the loosening of the binds of like what's acceptable um, yeah. So I I, I think uh, again you come back to like the celebrity photo hack that I that that I yeah. referenced, or you like there's been this just insane couple weeks in kind of gaming the gaming community. Mm. Um, just some truly you know abhorrent behavior. Um, prior to that there was there was um there was another you know there was something else on the internet. I, can't, I mean, like the internet's been like a kind of a hellish place it feels like for the last month or so, and at least in our little corner of the world and and almost what what you're seeing here is what's so frustrating what's so frustrating about like the photo hack for example or what's so frustrating um let's talk about that and and even malware and all this sort of stuff is we've just kind of accepted that there's these terrible people doing terrible stuff out there right and like i think i i've been very critical of apple in my daily update and stuff like that I'm, i'm gonna i think i'm gonna write a piece about it um You know, I think that there's there's issues there, but let's let's be very very clear. There are people who are preying on women, especially who Mm. are committing crimes, who are breaking in to their accounts for their own. For A, for their own pleasure, which is probably the least objectionable. There's more, there's kind of a certain power sort of thing. There is this abhorrent comment about like, oh, why, it's not fair that you some people get to see you naked and I don't. I mean, give me a, it's unbelievable. And like, but like at the same time, all the talk in the media, all the talk of everyone is all about, you know, oh, it's either A, don't take nude pictures, which is blaming the victim and is like yeah. terrible. Or it's B, like Apple really screwed up. Um, and like, it's almost taken for granted that there are terrible people on the internet doing terrible things, and like, yeah. and it's the it, 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 same thing with the malware thing, right? I mean, Microsoft rightly got crucified for what happened with malware. Google gets crucified for what happens with malware on Android, and and yet fairly so. At the same time, like, <laughs> it's just like we've ex, we've accepted yeah. that there are people who will break into other computers and do bad stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's the way the world is. And it, 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 I don't know. I, I'm i I'm very much an, an internet optimist, but there's no question that the freedom of the internet has wet, loose, not just amazing creativity and lots of interesting new things, but just the absolute worst of human nature. And it's really Depressing at times.
1: Yeah, it is depressing. So so one thing around the, the good old days before just to just let me go back for just a second. Like there are instances where letting people be free to do their own thing versus what's being like at the loosening of the binds where that is actually a good thing. So so, oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, and and so the challenge is like there are there are things like inter- interracial marriages. Once upon a time, that was absolutely frowned upon, and now people barely bat an eyelid, and I think that's a good thing. Well, not just not just that, but I think the internet is particularly like. Imagine like I grew up in a small
0: town, and and if you when if you grew up as like a gay kid in a small town, and you didn't know anyone who was gay, yeah. and it, it was very fundamentally Christian, fundamentalist Christian, and like you're you're being told by everyone around you that it's a mm. sin, like that. That's really messed place. up a lot of people like in a very yeah. serious way and like it it, it bothers me it, like still to think back about a lot of that stuff today a kid growing up like can go on the internet and can know like he's not alone like can right. know like it's okay like and can know that like just what his parents say or what his church says is not the whole truth and that he is a valuable or she is a valuable person like that's right. amazing and 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 Again, like in the discussion with my dad, these are the things that I always bring up, right? It's like, there's so much good that's come out of this. Um, It's just, man, I mean, the ugliness,
1: especially the last few weeks, has been... Right. And you know what? I think my expectation is that that, that both extremes are just going to continue to get more extreme. I think the way that the internet is trending, it's going to become harder and harder to police. It's going to take more and more resources to catch people doing things. So you have things like Bitcoin, for example, and the Silk Road, like how long now I want to, I'll, I'll make a point. I don't want to get into a judgment or a, dis, a, a debate on whether you think drugs are right or wrong or whatever, but society- That's next, next in, week. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should do that. Maybe we should really set the place on fire. Um no Society's yeah, exactly. society's like made a judgment, or, or the people who who we've elected have made a judgment that these drugs are illegal, and that that site was operating without without restriction for so long because of the way that technology is evolving to allow people to do it without any oversight. I feel like the trend lines we're going along, it's just going to increasingly be the case that. It's, it's going to be super hard for the traditional mechanisms of policing this kind of stuff, which is like traditional law and order and a cop rocks up and says, no, you can't do that. It's going to increasingly be the case that that won't work. I mean, so for example, the one that I've often thought about is drones. Like we're heading yeah, – there are all these restrictions on drones that that you this is what you can do, this is what you can't do. And one way of policing it is like the commercial operations, um, if If you see someone taking money, then I guess that's one way of there's there's a there's a choke point at which you can okay, this person is a commercial operation, you have tax infrastructure and whatever designed to to kind of test whether it's a commercial infra a commercial operation, that kind of thing. but if if we get to a like we get to a world where these drones keep proliferating. You know, you see a drone flying overhead. It's not like you can just go out and arrest the owner. Like, how on earth are you supposed to find out where that person is? Like that they, you know, you you worry about um, naked pictures of celebrities, and and I do too. I don't think people's privacy should be invaded like that. But you get you get to a world where these drones are prolific. People can people's um, the the sense of responsibility becomes. Um, well, the, the, the ability to hold them accountable for their actions becomes harder and harder because the internet kind of, it becomes like, whether it's a drone or the internet, it becomes like an avatar uh, and it's very hard to track it back. Like whether it's using VPNs, using Bitcoin, using drones, you you are people are going to increasingly be able to remove themselves um, or, or have something else or make it really harder to track the actions. Um well but, so I think the problem's going to get worse. Well and I, this is kind of the the to my mind the more
0: the the most legitimate pushback. It's funny we're we're kind of like the Uber podcast here but against we'll call it the Uber mindset. Like where uh and I actually think it's better to characterize it as more the Wall Street mindset where basically mm. uh if it's not illegal according to the law we're going to do it. And, and if you think it's a problem then make a law against it, Oh, and by the way, we're going to lobby, you know, super aggressively so that that law yeah. doesn't get passed. And, and it's almost like the, this, this over the top capitalism in a way where, where, um, you know, we, we've and, talked about capitalism and, and can it work? And, and I, I still believe that it, it's the only way that an economy can function at a, at a, you know it's the worst of many bad op- or it's the best of many yeah. bad options um but at the same time like if there's if there's a complete lack of of kind of social mores mm. that are binding your actions and you and if you if you don't do something because it's the wrong thing to do if you do it anyway because it's not a, it, like if, if there's a delineation between it's wrong and it's against the law
1: yeah. like that gap is closing in terms of the way people are behaving to the point where there's barely any daylight getting through it. Right, it's like it's only bad if it's against the law, otherwise it's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. You've outsourced your ethics and morals to a whole bunch of politicians, and I, I mean, I don't know what you think of that idea, but I don't like it too much. No, for sure, especially, especially given you know, I mean, like the, the, the laws th- are being passed based on who's donating the most money to the politicians. Well, not right? just that, but I mean, America being a a very kind of
0: culturally conservative society, like believe me, the last people who want dictated morals to me are the people who tend to hold sway <laughs> in American politics. I mean, yeah, right? It, which is which. Is, which is bizarre, and it's kind of weird. Like you have this. Um, it, it's it's really interesting. I mean, I guess I come back to the Grover Nor- Norquist thing. I almost because he's he's such an example of this, where um, you can't praise you can't praise the freedom of Burning Man without understanding and acknowledging the powerful powerful mores that that are there. Like yes, there's freedom from a law and order perspective, but actually there isn't freedom. Like it actually sounds like it's a very non-free place because, but what what makes it not free is not laws; it's it's social taboos, right? And, absolutely. And I th- I feel like this is the piece that that misses from the the over-the-top kind of libertarian sort of argument is like it doesn't work unless there's like you need something regulating our worst impulses, right. and in a small. In a small community, community, it can be social mores, which right. are which are. not But that's not always a good thing either, right? Because, like I talked about in the small town, the the gay kid growing up, the social mores are a very bad thing. So, like, I don't know, just extremists in general just get always are wrong on all sides. Like there, there, there's, and the problem is I don't know what the answer is, but it's it's some sort of balance here.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, again, I read that Norquist article and it was kind of funny to read it coming from him but I just couldn't escape the feeling again I I think I mentioned it earlier he's he's got a hammer like that's the way he sees the world and everything's a nail and he's like here is this fantastic example of society operating without any rules but you try and scale that out to a country of 300 million people and you do it all at once without the slow I mean it's Burning Man started off as this small group very small community and it, it was it, it's gradually grown and as it's taken more and more people in like the the new people get uh, acclimatized into that culture and they ad- adopt and absorb the culture but I reckon if they tripled the size of it one year like the whole the wheels would fall off because the number of people for whom, who are uh, who have adopted the culture would be vastly outweighed by the number of people who hadn't. And to, to suggest, like Norquist has, that you could just roll this roll this ideology out across a country and have it work, I I think he's he's crazy. Well, and this is this is the thing. Like I think this is almost why.
0: Um, it, it's funny when I when I a long long time ago, um, I was more much more of a of a libertarian. Um, Mm -hmm. and I actually, you know, when I first started writing, I was much more, um, you know, writing from a very writing perspective, like, almost like feel a little silly (laughs) looking back. Um, but, uh, I I think it was, it was almost like a, I feel like a lack, lack of maturity because from a very, uh, (laughs) that's going to, that sounds totally bad. I just called all the returns immature. Um, no, what I, (laughs) what I mean is, um, from a theoretical perspective, the idea of, of there being less government involvement, being socially liberal, being fiscally conservative, it, it, it rings very true, right? It feels, it feels right. But I, what I think um, almost makes a, a conservative position – and I also feel like conservatives were very intellectually dishonest, right? It's like how can you want the government to not be involved um, in fiscal matters but you want the government to be involved in like the bedroom? Like, like it, it just, it seems so cognitively dissonant to me. Yeah. And it really bugged me. And I, I, I used to write about this a ton um, back when I was, you know, wrote more about politics, um, which is a long time ago. Um, but I think uh, what, what well, I, the- as I get older, what I think I realize is it's actually almost more intellectually honest because it, it, what it implicitly acknowledges is that uh, f- like too much freedom is is dangerous. And it's dangerous because, um, yes, there's good sides, but there's these very negative bad sides. And um, there needs to be some sort of, I I, I don't know, I'm kind of making this up as I go along. obviously.
1: No, I I hear you. I mean, here would be my, and I'm going to asterisk this with a big disclaimer that I'm not a conservative, but here would be my defense of the conservative position is that, It strikes me, at least in the US, that that it tracks to population density, that it tends to be that the blue or the liberal spots are highly dense highly populated places where there's almost recognition that social morays aren't going to be effective whereas a lot of the conservative areas tend to be smaller communities where people tend to know each other and they're happy policing things using the social morays and they don't feel that they need the state stepping in to say this is how you need to do things and 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 I I wonder whether part of the divide isn't, isn't circumstantial like the circumstances of the folks living inside the cities where they realize there's no way they're going to know everyone in their apartment building, let alone their suburb or street, let alone the entire city. So the effectiveness of like social and cultural norms are much more like, they're very ineffective, but in, in a small town, um, you do know everybody and you know if someone misbehaves, like you don't always need the police. Like, you, you, and in fact, sometimes that can be, I, I could imagine that could be counterproductive. Like it's actually better to police it in a way where people are looking over it, like keeping an eye on each other. Now, of course, when when the social norms are wrong, for example, the the example of the gay kid that you gave, like obviously that's not a great thing either. Like that's where it comes back. But I I... I I like looking at it through that lens it kind of makes the divide seem a little bit more reasonable because they're in they're in different circumstances to the folks that are in the big cities and they find the way that they do things more effective and they don't want it um the city way pushed on them just like the folks in the cities don't want they 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 feel that they need the rules to be different and they 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 know that they can't They can't have those societal norms as an effective means of policing because everybody doesn't know each other and they're not going to work. Like, when I think about it like that, I I feel, and maybe this is another Burning Man thing, like doing a better job of trying to put myself in other people's shoes. Like, I I feel like that kind of explains the tension a little bit more as opposed to like, you guys are crazy. No, you guys are crazy.
0: No, I think that's, that's really compelling. I mean, one thing I'm really grateful for is um you know I grew up in a very small city. Now I live in like a massive metropolis. Mm. Um, you know I went to a a mass a big public school. Then I went to a you know kind of an elite private school. Um, you know I, th- that I've had this kind of range of experiences, and for that exact point, you know it kind of it gives you a little more a little more empathy for at least understanding where people are coming from. But I I, I guess that the question the reason the reason i've been thinking about a lot about the left right divide in general is um one like just the kind of this internet messiness that yeah. you know but also uh you know i tweeted i feel like so uh, mark Andreessen, which i know is very controversial some people like him some people can't stand him um i think he tends to come from much more of a libertarian point of view um but you know he tweeted something to me to the effect that i can't remember what the what the context was but he basically tweeted to the effect that uh it feels like a lot a lot of the attacks on not attacks but like challenges to to tech now are coming from the left as opposed to the right and how he you know he went to predict that 5 years ago and again like he's his position is makes him that he's likely be more sensitive from attacks from the left cuz i think he he comes across as being like i said very libertarian but mm-hmm. it, it definitely i feel rings true i mean it rang true in kind of our uber stuff we both kind of got you know, very strong feedback on that, more from the left side. But just in general, I, I get a lot of responses on Twitter um, I- and in email. And by the way, we've gotten a ton of feedback for the last couple of weeks. Um, waiting for James to catch up, but it, it, yeah, it was,
1: oh yeah. Can I apologize to everybody? I've been away. There are so many amazing emails, and I'm going to try and get to all of them. No, I'm like, sorry, it, it's
0: been it's been amazing feedback for the last couple of weeks. So definitely, yeah. I, I've read it all. Um, James will theoretically read it all. Um, <laughs> no, but but the it's interesting because a lot of the feedback I feel I keep getting is like there is just a fundamental distrust in anything capitalistic related or market related. Yeah, so and I, it's I mean, really interesting. I feel it's way stronger than it, than it was previously.
1: And yeah, sorry, go ahead. No. So you made a distinction earlier on in the show about the differences between the right, the libertarian right and the conservative right. I almost think there's an equivalent distinction on the left as well, where there's there's kind of like the, 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 the left, which identifies more with um, unions, um, and then there's kind of the more libertarian left. Now, I think, I mean, you take a look at like the big sponsors of the Democratic Party, like Silicon Valley is – Obama comes out here all the time, he raises money out here, and I'm sure that's going to continue for some time. I I agree with Andreessen that there have been lots of attacks on tech coming from the left, but it's not the it's not, it's there's the, I I hate kind of making this divide, but it feels like the the white-collar left and there's the blue-collar left, and I I feel like it's people who traditionally identify more with the blue-collar left that are making these attacks, like I don't like the way in which Uber is tearing apart the cities, uh, or I don't like the way in which, d- I mean, disruption is affecting the universities. Like th- this is a bad thing. I don't like this outcome. It needs to be stopped. No. Whereas, okay. No, I was just say we have total mind melt on this because I was going to make this. I was going to make
0: the same point, but you're doing well, yeah. so I'll let you continue. Yeah. A- a-
1: and then there's 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 the more. um there a, there's a more libertarian left, which is interested in society rather than focusing on the inputs and saying, you know, like it needs to be, taxis need to be protected or universities need to be protected. They're more, in, I think they're more likely to focus on something like tax rates where they're like, okay, we need to support people who don't do so well. We need to make sure that there's healthcare available for all. But by and large, like if it's not something important like that, we need to get the government out of the way and just let people do their thing. Like regulation in general isn't a good thing. As long as people, you know, as long as people can get um, get by, and we recognise that that industries are going to rise and fall, and we should support people through that. Um, we shouldn't just let them starve on the streets. But that's a there's this a distinction between. Those on the left, and I feel like it's the more unionized left from which the attacks are coming. Um, no, I, I, th- I well, I think there's something to it. I, I mean, it's people have been predicting or not predicting,
0: but have been wondering if there's going to be some sort of realignment in American politics for for ages, and it never happens. And it and actually, polarization is is stronger now than it has ever been. But it definitely feels like, at least on the internet, um, that we are actually. Kind of approaching an alignment, and it it it's it more along the the kind of libertarian axes, which I think you 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 very much identified. And it's a it, it's a true it's a true conservative. where by conservative, I don't mean like the U.S. defined conservative, but conservative as in like very hesitant and suspicious of of change and progress. Yeah, well, and it, it, like. It, talking about right, this okay. is always I'm talking about this is always so fraught, right? Yeah. Because um, there are certain aspects. I, I think you know, you and I certainly agree that, especially on the social axes, uh, it's all, <laughs> to be to be conservative when it comes to things like interracial marriage or or or. Those sort of things you they, they that tends to not be a great place to be you tend to get proven wrong over time but yeah. at, at the same time I think it's more it's more conservative I think to the way like my dad is right where he's he laments the the loss of of the kind of social contract that limited this sort of bad behavior like it, maybe maybe there were young men who who harbored frustration with women but it wasn't okay for them to make rape threats (laughs) you know but that's exactly what's happening on twitter that's exactly what's happening online like people posting these abhorrent images or or like chasing people down or making these awful threats like that you you just there was no freedom to do that uh and and i completely sympathize with people who are very frustrated and and outraged by it because i'm outraged to see to see the outcome of the loosening of these contracts is is very frustrating. On the flip side, again, being someone who who was very different from all the kids that I grew up with, you know that just I I mean, um, you know that didn't fit in. Felt like I didn't fit in my whole life. Like, mm. it, it, I I don't want to ever let go of that and of what the you know computers broadly yeah. meant to me, what the internet meant to me. Like, it right. it has changed my life. It's made it. Much more um, fulfilling, like let me let me do something that was not possible before, and that's it's for the exact same reasons, the exact same causes that people are making rape threats, <laughs> and like it's uh, it's almost like where you fall on that, w- which part of that you value, which trade off you're willing to make, is almost the new divide, um, and and it, it's almost a, it's a much purer divide, I feel than traditional American politics, because I can very much
1: appreciate, you know, both perspectives. Right. I, I, I mean, I'm naturally inclined to let, I, I, I take more of the bad in order to get more of the good. And with the hope that, you know, like, I know, you, but, the, but the problem there is like, we're, we're I mean, not to like, we're white males. Like
0: we're, we, we, ha, we are for sure benefiting the most from this and have the least to lose. You know? And like I think uh I I suspect in the long run, like what's happening is 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 the lurches of of being in a better place where yes, maybe before um women weren't 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 like verbally assaulted regularly, but at the same time there was very much a glass ceiling all all in society, right? And I think the flip side of enduring this abuse and seeing this awfulness kind of manifest itself is that it's also means like there's, there's hopefully more freedom for, for, for women as well. At the same time, it's, it's, I'm just almost hesitant to get on my soapbox and say, it's a great thing because
1: I'm not enduring that. Yeah. I mean that, that, yes, that's true. I, 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 and I only have anecdotes on this, but I wonder though, also whether like, whether in the past it was, it could actually be pretty bad for women and minorities as well. And Oh, absolutely. Right. And so, you know, like someone's in, a woman is in an abusive relationship. Now there's there's scope for her to get out and she doesn't feel beholden. Whereas, you know, like my grandparents told me stories about people that they knew that were in were in relationships like that, and they were stuck. They couldn't go anywhere, you know. Um, and and they and, thought they were alone, and and they didn't. Yeah, there was no like, they, it was the same thing. Like they they thought they were the only person like that. And now you can right. there's support groups. You can go online, and yeah, for sure. So it cuts both ways. But I hear you. I mean, you're right. Like white male um, all the, I've, I've been blessed with all the opportunities in the world. And it's, it's easy for me to just say, Oh, this is all fantastic. I, I try not to like lose sight of the fact that so many people aren't as lucky as, as, as we are, as I am. But I, I, in general, though, I, I, this is like the, the freedom is a force for good. And I, I think, and, the 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 only thing we can really do is just behave in a way that's consistent with what we believe we should behave in regardless of what's going on around it and try and help build those cultural norms. So the next time something, some some person you meet is thinking about doing something like this and they, they hear us talk about it or they hear someone listening to this show talk about it, they're like, hmm, you know, like the way I'm being frowned upon right now, I'm not sure I want to do that. And I realize that's probably a pretty long bow to draw, but I'm not, not sure what else to suggest.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, we. I think the easiest thing is to say, you know, call out this sort of stuff when you see it. At the same time, that that never, that rarely, if ever,
1: makes the situation better. Like the immediate, like short term situation. Um, yeah, I remember. I remember, was it Four Chan that went after some guy once for doing something horrible to his girlfriend on Twitter, or someone did something horrible on Twitter, and I think it was Four Chan that went after him and like called a uh, hundred pizzas into his house and a SWAT team and all this other crap. And I mean, I hardly think that makes things better. Like, that's not the kind of cultural enforcement that we need. Um, well, it's so, al- yeah,
0: it's also like I mean, if someone like if someone is sexist, um, calling them sexist. Uh, doesn't usually change their behavior. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I I, yeah. I do think that um some just in general um you know I I posted it over the weekend that there's two there's there's two rules there should be two rules on the internet um number one is don't make it personal number two don't take it personal mm-hmm. um and I I think that might help but uh, you know it, it's at the same time like there's a need to like call call this crap out when it happens you know especially I think I think it's What's what's hard about it is it's really, it's really hard to be outside, like say outside the gamer community, and to make to point to point in and make accusations, right?
1: almost change always has to come from come from the inside. But (laughs) what happened? So so again, I've been I've been off in the desert all week. What happened in the gaming community? Oh boy! Uh, So I mean, there's been kind of this uh,
0: general discontent with um, uh, the subculture of people, uh, you know, an anti, very misogynist, anti-women sort of culture. Mm -hmm. Um, It really bubbled over in the last couple of weeks with two, two episodes. One, uh, there's this girl in in, a woman in, in Europe. It's, I can't honor the name in front of me, but she's been making these videos. She has a Kickstarter campaign making videos about highlighting sexism in games and she posted her latest one, which was about uh, tropes in video games, basically how non-playing characters who are women are treated as props and very abusively and let's like kill the prostitute and stuff like that. Uh, and she got a ton of, uh, you know, threats uh, mm. called vile things, uh, you know, like a threat on her wife that listed her address or, you know. Oh, wow. All this sort of stuff. Um, and, and also this whole like conspiracy theory, like which is just crazy about how uh, she she faked she faked the the threat. Um, and oh, she was and she shipped people all this money, and the Kickstarter was a sham, and like it, it, all these like you like there's pictures posted on the internet of like all these red arrows around, and oh, like er, er, anyone who defends her is a what's the word a social justice war so social justice warrior SJW, <laughs> um, and it, it's. It, it's crazy. Like it, it's like this whole alternate world where you go on some of these sites and you read through the comment threads and just this self-reinforcing thing where they can't even imagine a, a different viewpoint. Um, and then the other thing was there's uh, some game publisher who whose ex-boyfriend wrote some screed on the internet about how she slept with a journalist. And like, oh, and now a big trope is, oh, we're, we're not being sexist. We just care about ethical journalism. <laughs> oh God. Um, And, and it's crazy. Like uh, – and people are like are like stalking these terms, right? So you'll if you make a mention on Twitter, suddenly you will get people jumping up on Twitter making all these comments at you, like, "Oh, we just care about the, like just out of the blue." Um, like it's like a it's like a vigilante sort of sort of thing. Um, anyhow, yeah, it's gotten super ugly. There's been all this like introspection in the gaming press. You know, everyone. You know, most people in the gaming press are writing, "Oh, this is terrible. We don't like this." And then it's it's just been really ugly and awful. Um, That's and- not good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, I don't know. It, it definitely is. I think there is this real tension. Um, I mean, we're not going to rectify that, that issue. We might get a bunch of hate mail for this. Seriously, yeah. Um But I think between like the the there's no going back in my estimation. Like the internet None. is making this. It's it's vastly expanding freedom um, right. for better or worse, and that means right. it's loosening the demons and it's also loosening the angels. The as angels, were. right? And uh it's a very real question of like the problem is there's not really because the internet literally touches everybody in the world like there can there cannot be any sort of social more you know like that that applies to everyone at the same time laws don't are so behind and don't really make sense it it it's a very it's a very real question and i think you're going to see more and more cleavage along this question when it comes to questions of politics and and things along those those lines. Yeah.
1: So, I, I mean, I agree. I, the, the The only thing that I come back to is like a, 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 a it, I can't help but wonder how much of this stuff tr- is correlated with education levels. And I mean, that's a that's a again that's a long bow to be drawing to say like this is just. This is just reinforcing the need to like to, to like give people access to these opportunities to get educated because you're much less likely to I think you're not much, but I do think you're less likely to have instances of this kind of thing when people have been given access to, to like they've they've been educated. They've gone to school, they realize like this kind of thing just doesn't make any sense. It's not doing anyone any good. But I that's that's hardly a panacea for it either, right? Yeah. And I, I, I don't know.
0: I mean, I, I, I suspect um, that is, take the gaming example. Like I, I suspect that there's not a lack of education per se. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it, it's, it's weird because we, we brought the, the, the white male thing. Like there's a really interesting article on, on a gaming website. I think I sent it to you, but like basically being almost like empathetic to, to, the people doing this and like saying, you know, before, like you have these, you have this, this population that has found kind of refuge in games. Right. And, mm. um, and it's always kind of been the case, more social outcasts. Um, And again, this isn't, this isn't all gamers and I don't say for gamers, social outcasts, et cetera, but there's been, there's always been a, a population that, you know, kind of the nerd population before being a nerd was cool. And, you know, found a community, whether it be in comic books, whether it be in Dungeons and Dragons, whether it be in, in in games. And, and that was kind of their, their place where they, you know, yeah, they felt like an outcast at school at the place of education, quote unquote, but they could go to this other place and and they were accepted and, and they were measured on different criteria than what was cool or, 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 or whatnot. And now what's happened with, with the internet, in a lot of ways is that world's been, been broken into and it feels a lot a lot less exclusive and a lot less safe than it was and there are women playing video games and there are cool people playing video games and it's not it's not a it's not a that world anymore and and then you come in and you're like oh and then people jump in and like oh you're a white male you have all these privileges and it's like no well people like can't they look at their personal circumstance and feel no I, i'm like a nerd like everyone hates me um you know i get made fun of at school where's my fucking privilege and And again, like it's very especially when you're young, it's very hard to not take it personally. And it's very hard yeah. to to see what what like the whole I, I honestly think people who break out the privilege thing are are I, I feel like it's doing more harm than good at this point. Like yes, it absolutely is true. there is privilege. But you can't tell someone they have privilege. Like people have to learn on their own what it means to have privilege. I I think I actually think that's that's a silver lining with like Ferguson, for example. Like I think there's a whole lot of people that suddenly realize what white privilege means. Yeah, and like in and and they realize that not because someone pointed a finger in their face and said you're privileged. They realized it because they said, "Holy shit!" Like that's never happened to me. I'm watching this live stream of this happening what like what's different between them and me like this this is this is how i this is how i moved from being kind of more libertarian to being m- much more on on the left and identifying as someone who's much more of a liberal is um i moved abroad and i remember and i came back and i was talking to you know someone to a professor who who had been more more on the right and it's talking about like the iraq war and like some of the effect of oh you know bush's got to do what he's got to do to protect americans and then i'm like wait like my, what I just said here, I basically said that American lives are more valuable than non-American lives, than Iraqi lives, but also by extension, like my girlfriend's life. Cause she's not, a, she's not an American and like, wait, that makes no sense. Like right. what, what, what makes, what makes a person's life more valuable just because of the place that they were born. And like, right. and for me, like that, that, that fundamental realization like it was like a chain reaction, right? Like I, I, well, if that's the case, then this is the case. If this is the case, then that's the case. And literally, like you talk about changes, like life yeah. changes in a like a split second? I changed my entire politics. Like I changed my my view on universal health care. I changed my view on uh, you know, invention, foreign intervention. Like almost everything I changed literally in a split second because my fundamental assumption changed. Yeah, and and the. That changed though, not because someone told me to change, it changed because I, I my eyes were open to something to something new. And I guess that's the good thing about the internet, hopefully, is it's exposing people to it's exposing people to Ferguson. Right. And it's exposing people to things that will let them
1: have that moment of self discovery that I right. I, I absolutely agree. I, I mean, what you've just described is the dark side of tribalism and the social mores, right? Like you value people in your tribe more than you value people in other tribes. And one of the best ways to break that is to go outside it. And for me, I, I, I identify quite strongly with your your ideological journey, because I was kind of much more libertarian until I came over to the States and relative to Australia the states is a much more libertarian, right wing place, and I started to see the outcomes of some of those decisions, and it, well, they weren't entirely things that I were like comfortable with, and it, it kind of it kind of challenged a bunch of those assumptions for me. And it's funny, someone comes to the states and moves more to the left, but that's been that's been my journey. What's interesting, and I, I the 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 hope is that what you've described around being on the internet is is giving people exposure to perspectives that they otherwise wouldn't have had it's 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 a mini version of traveling overseas it's an opportunity to make friends with people for that that live in different countries and and have a di- completely different set of cultural beliefs and norms like that's the positive side my worry is that it's again though it's just letting people dig even deeper into their tribes like you, you read about, and I've read about, you know, uh, the, as a result, like, people with specific political views only follow and like other people with the same political views and whatever. And rather than being, rather than exposing them to a diversity of opinions, it becomes even they 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 find themselves even more in a monoculture than they were before. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, I think you definitely see
0: this in the case of the whole gamer thing, right? People, there's there's this entire separate universe and separate reality that people immerse themselves in and, and they literally um, cannot fathom where the other side side is coming from um, at, at the same time, isn't that human nature? I mean, wasn't, wasn't that the case before? I mean, like I grew like I said, I grew up in a small town. Everyone I knew was what, you know, I, I grew up in within like a, a, a very fundamentalist church and like all my friends were church friends. And like, there was a very monoculture sort of belief. Mm. And, and I, I, by going to a, a school with a much wider array of opinions, that certainly that that helped. The internet helped. Um I, I guess I, I my question is Yeah, that, that is a good question. Like does the internet make it worse or does it make uh, you know it better? What?
1: I, I I think to go full circle, it's it's in the same way that that I, I would say Burning Man kind of amplifies is a reflection of self. I think that that's exactly what the internet's doing for people too. Like if you're open-minded and you're curious and you want to find out more about the world, it's a fantastic place. But if, you're, if, if the opposite is the case, if you have these points of view and you just want to immerse yourself in a single point of view and bury yourself in a, in a, in a destructive culture, it also enables you to do that. And it enables it on a much larger scale than was ever possible before. I, I, I would describe it as, as almost amplifying what's already there. Well, we've said the words
0: full circle, which is the cue. Um, we went a little long today, but uh, we we always have to make sure
1: every podcast goes full circle. So. <laughs> Tie it up with a nice little bow. And I will say, folks, I'm posting some of the photos from Burning Man on my Instagram account, hype seven h y p seven. If you're interested in checking out some of the artwork that I saw, um, nice, yeah. Nice.
0: Um, no, that'd be, that would be that's that's cool. Um, yeah, it. it now I I I feel like we, we this is this is a topic like you could talk about forever because there almost is no clear resolution. But what what I think that actually speaks to the point that this is going to be a major cleavage point going forward. Yes. Like, do you is this a good thing or is it a bad thing? And lots of your sort of
1: uh, that, feelings about? it. Is that it. your son in the background? It is, it so, is. so cute. That's
0: another that's another good good, good reason uh, to to wrap up.
1: Okay, sounds good, Ben. A pleasure as always.
0: Yes, uh, good to talk to you. I'm glad you made it out alive. Um, and uh, I am glad you're clean. Um, <laughs>
1: so am I. By whatever means necessary. <laughs> Very good. I'll, uh, I'll catch you next week. All right, sounds good. Talk See to ya. You Bye.